What's up, Buttercup? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chev All Yang Mortgage. That's right. I am so, so stoked to announce our new presenting sponsor, Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are proud CSU alums, die-hard Broncos fans, and they've been supporting DNVR for a long time as members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience, and they want to help you out. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets, your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or visit www.dnvrmortgage.com. That's 970-412-2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It is late night Wednesday when I am recording this uh, approaching midnight here. So most of you will listen to this on Thursday or Friday would be my guess. Uh, it's been a weird day. I had a chance to catch up with Michael Katz. And this was he uh, he covers the Cowboys, the Wyoming Cowboys. I should add real quick. Good friend of mine. I've had him on before. Always gives good perspective really familiar with the Pac-12 in the Mountain West because he's a USC grad, formerly covered Boise State. Now he's out in Wyoming. So uh, really just relevant to a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast. Going to be a recurring guest of mine. One, just because I enjoy talking with him, but two, I, I think he brings a valuable perspective and I always just try and get different voices from different beats to kind of give you guys just you know a sense of what's kind of happening around the Mountain West, not just what's happening in Fort Collins. I do want to clarify, we recorded this Wednesday afternoon, evening. This was before Brett McMurphy of Stadium came out and reported that the Mountain West is aggressively pursuing an eight-game schedule. So some of what we say, uh, it'll make more sense if you if you understand that. This all happened before that report, so it was kind of us speculating on the possibility of a fall season. Uh, Katz was more bullish on the idea than I was probably. But I actually really, I really valued the perspective that he brought because he just, he brought up a lot of financial things that I didn't really consider in terms of, you know, it'll be, it'll be a big loss to not play, but obviously it's going to be a big expense to play in the first place. Football is just a very, very expensive sport to put on uh, from a, from a production standpoint. And if you're not going to be able to have fans in the stands, which obviously the big 10 isn't, you know, how are you going to pay for all of that? So it's just interesting. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking with him. I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation too. It, it does start with a little bit of us talking trash about the Clippers, but that's just because he's a Lakers fan. I'm a Nuggets fan. We're kind of reminiscing about the fact that, you know, the Clippers weren't able to get it done. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm team Nuggets all the way. So Katz and I are going to be, uh, I guess our friendship is on pause over the next, you know, two weeks or so but it was still fun to just kind of talk about how crazy that series was. We do talk some hoops at the very end of the podcast as well, but the uh, 
the vast majority of the conversation stems around the Mountain West, fall football, everything that needs to happen from a logistic standpoint to be able to play, you know, why it makes sense to play in the fall, why it makes sense to play in the spring. We talk about how egos get involved. There's just so many different factors. It's definitely a nuanced conversation. And I just appreciated having him on. So I, instead of me rambling on and on for a couple of more minutes, let's just jump right into that interview with Michael Katz. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Michael L. Katz. And the Clippers yeah. are just like this corporate soulless yeah. team bought by a billionaire. They went and traded all these picks to get the superstars. They don't deserve to win. Imagine, imagine being Kawhi Leonard and thinking to yourself, I'd rather be with Paul George than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is still crazy. C- in congrats, bro. You nailed that one. <laughs> God. That was the softest finish in the fourth quarter by the Clippers. Dude, it got to just, a point where I wasn't even nervous anymore because I was just like, we're like ripping their heart out of their when, chest. When Paul George hit the side of the backboard, oh, that was no. it. That was it. That's your king, Clippers? Come on. Yeah, that's the guy you traded your next like five years worth of draft picks for. Well, today I've got Michael Katz on the podcast. Obviously, we're big basketball fans. Our friendship's going to be tested over the next couple of weeks when the Lakers and Nuggets square off. His team will probably advance, but you never know with Fraud City. Never know with the Mount High City. It's a weird time to follow sports in general. Uh, we cover Mountain West teams, and I, I don't really remember a time that was weirder to follow the Mountain West. Michael, it was, it was a weird morning. Why don't you just kind of run us through what your day went, started like and what it's been like for you today? It's, uh, I'll, I'll say this, it takes a lot to get me out of bed before eight. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't sleep in like super late, but it's gotta be pretty important for me to get out of bed before eight. And for some reason I woke up at like seven forty-five or something today and I was just, you know, I'm going to check my phone. We'll see what's going on. And I saw the big 10 news and I just, and like this feeling came over me and I was like, this is my day. I'm going to have to call everybody. <laughs> So it was reaching out to the Mountain West and to Wyoming and, uh, you know, just a, a lot of, there's so many different rumors and, and things that people throw out there once a decision like this happens. Um, and you just try to do the best you can to get the real stuff um, and not let people's uh, opinions or uh, hot takes get in the way of what is really going on or what might be really going on. And it's just, I'd be lying, you know, I do my research and I'd be lying if I said I knew what the heck was going to happen. I, I, every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh, it's going to be something new. And I'm always right. (laughs) I, I don't know what to expect at this point. There was a, there was a point where I had fully given up on the possibility of the mountain West playing football. And I was kind of at peace with that because for a long time, the whole anxiety of, well, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? What's my season going to look like? What am I going to do as a media member? That that sucked. And then I figured like I was kind of starting to figure it, figure it out. And, and now they might play again, which is exciting and scary and confusing. Probably just going to lead to disappointment because I don't think it's actually going to happen. But where where are you at in terms of how likely do you think there's that there are teams in the mountain west that are going to play this fall 
you know, what are you hearing as far as the the Wyoming side? Well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't completely given up too. And like part of like, I don't know what step of like grief it is, but I had come to terms with it. I was at peace. I was like, okay, this is what my fall is going to look like. I've got a plan. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. And then like today it's just been like no breaks. Um, but you know, uh, in just the people I've talked to, um, let's be honest. The only thing that's changed between when the big 10 canceled a month and a few days ago and now is rapid testing. That's the only, cause it's not like it's gotten better on campuses. If anything, it's probably gotten worse cause kids have gone back. So, um, but the real tide turner was these, this rapid testing that the big 10 and the PAC 12 and the big 12 and all these, you know, the, the major conferences have, have secured or are going to secure in, um, from what I'm hearing, the mountain West isn't there yet. Um, and testing's really expensive, especially if you're doing it daily, um, for, you know, a hundred 50, if you count staff and all that stuff around the program every day, um, because it sounds like the Mountain West wouldn't do it unless it was daily, um, which is probably the smart move because that's we, you got to cover yourself. Um, and and it's I, I just from from what I'm hearing, it, it doesn't sound like they're there yet with with securing that testing, and I think that's come what it all hinges on. You know, if they were to come to you know, a partnership, uh, with some, with a company and they were able to give them rates or whatever. I think it, it changes the equation. Um, but as of right now, I, I, it, I think it's, it's a long shot, especially since, um, you know, my home state of California, it's on fire right now. So they wouldn't be able to practice right now anyway. Um, and so, you know, there's just a, you know, California's on lockdown. There's a lot of mountain, there's a few mountain West states that are still kind of on lockdowns, a strong word, but, uh, have, you know, a gathering protocol and, and all that stuff that would not allow them to really practice. Um, there's, I mean, I think testing's the big one, but I, there's a lot of other factors that are really outside of anything that any university president could do. That's definitely fair. And I have a column that's going to come out. And, and one of the things that it talks about is just all the hurdles that it's, you know, for, for making this happen. And in California, New Mexico, Hawaii, that's part of it at the moment, since some of those programs would be able to be able to practice. Given that there was kind of a movement amongst Big Ten programs to potentially explore the option of playing, even if everybody on conference wasn't on board could you see something like that happening in the mountain West? Is, is there a push for that from Wyoming supporters or, or anything like that? I mean, I know CSU fans have, have sub- tweeted some stuff like that at me, but I think it's more just the fact that CSU fans don't want to be in the mountain West anyways. So they're kind of, you know, screw them, you know, do your own thing. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, there, there's always going to be fans that are like, why aren't we independent? We should just, you know, break off and do our own thing and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, realistically, that's just not how it works. Um, unless you have a lot of pull, uh, it's just not, it's not feasible. It doesn't work. Um, but, you know, if you look at, if you took out the schools from the Mountain West that, you know, currently have restrictions, you're taking out all the California schools, which is what, four? 
yeah. San Diego, Fresno, San Jose, and third uh, of the conference. Yeah, third of the conference. Hawaii, New Mexico. I mean, you're down. You're down to half your teams. Less than half your teams. It's is is it worth it? You know, it's definitely it, fair. You know, it's and I it, I it, I hate to say that, but you know, and you know, the Big Ten came out today and said they're not going to have fans at at their games, which is a huge hit. I don't think people understand how big that's going to be. Like while they get to play that's a lot of lost revenue and it's would be i'd imagine the same way in the mountain west kind of given how things have gone and if you have no fans in the stands in the mountain west it's bleeding money too um because it costs more to put it on than than what you make traditionally anyway Um, imagine that without the ticket revenue even if it's scaled down ticket revenue um but yeah, I mean, if if you, if you cut out half the teams, you know, and, and say, you know, sorry, man, sucks to suck, but, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, there's a part of me that kind of thinks that they wouldn't do it because I think the, you know, there is a certain camaraderie among the conference, and they want to be on good terms about things, and if you, you know, if certain, if you say, hey, we're leaving you behind, you you kind of burn that bridge for a while, uh, maybe for the foreseeable future. And it leads to probably a lot of other problems. So could it happen? Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I think it's, I think for the sake of the conference, it kind of has to be all or nothing. Cause I mean, the whole thing has been a united front and it's been all of them saying, and it was the, with the big 10 too. It was, you know, I know there was a whole controversy about the vote, the quote unquote vote, which may or may not have happened. Yeah. That may, <laughs> maybe happens, maybe didn't happen. We don't really know. Yeah, and and you know it was this idea of there was a consensus among the teams that this was the right call, and then they came out with the press release today and said this is our new consensus. And whether you agree with it or not, at least they all came out and said the same thing. And so I, I think it would be a tough look if certain schools didn't play or weren't able to play or were told we're going on without you. I don't see a scenario where you know, a CSU or a a Wyoming or a Boise State or somebody like that would just go rogue and go against the conference. I could maybe see a scenario where if it was, you know, a decision they came to as a conference where the conference just conceded the fact that California schools aren't going to be able to play and they were like, you know, we're going to try and do something for the regional teams and, you know, let there be a border war or or stuff like that, kind of like how they're doing you know, Navy, Army, and, and Army, Air Force, which is a whole other, I'm not, you know, those are, it's a different comparison, but just, you know, if they did something like that, maybe I could see that happening. But, but like you said, I don't, I don't really think anybody's going to go against the grain or try and stir things up, especially, especially just given a lot of these schools don't really have a better alternative. You know, are you, are you going to leave the Mountain West and go independent like BYU or you can a bank that the American would take you or something like that. It, it could just be a total nightmare. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, realignment's always a fun topic. And I feel like th- it's about time for that conversation anyway, because it seems like it's every decade or so. So I think, yeah, we're, we're getting probably, towards there. I was going to say we're probably overdue on that one, but, um, you know, I, if just from what I've, I've heard it, 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 a season really doesn't make sense unless it's at least six games just financially speaking in terms of everything, because it costs so much to put on a season from travel to equipment to the tests. I mean, there's so many 
things that go into it. And, you know, kind of like I mentioned before, schools, you know, these schools from the Mountain West barely break even as it is, uh, even with full capacity and normal circumstances. Right now, they would still be losing a lot of money. Um, and if they play less than six games, I, I don't, I don't know if from a financial perspective, it's, it really makes sense. And as much as we, they always talk about, it's not about the money. It usually is about the money. (laughs) It's it's kind of about the money. Yeah. And and I think when it, it kind of comes down to it that, you know, how many games you can realistically play has to be a part of the conversation because if it's just four games, I don't think it makes sense for him. I just wonder, given that the Big Ten is going to you know, play this fall and not in the spring, and potentially if the Pac-12 decides to do the same, we'll see. They're going to have the same hurdles with all of the, the schools on the West Coast that the Mountain West is. At that point, if you're the Mountain West, is it still worth it to even play in the spring? And that becomes a whole other debate. And then that's kind of why... I do I do pursue the possi- I would be in favor of pursuing something that allows them to play something this fall given that it, it'd be more just uh, we're trying to stay afloat for the year we're going to eat a bunch of money no matter what we do the spring season would be a joke nobody's going to watch it this will at least you know make the players happy but man I I don't envy these decision makers at all yeah, I mean, I, I think today was a really big turning point because if the Big Ten had stayed the course, them and the Pac-12 is a pretty good alliance. And if you're aligned with two big guys like Mac and the Mountain West are, you feel okay about it. And if if they're going forward with the you know early winter, late you know early spring thing, uh, then you're okay kind of riding their coattails on that because you know if Ohio state can do it, we should be able to do it. Exactly. But you know, the big 10 doing what they did today, I think it, I mean, it's already putting, I mean, PAC 12 Twitter. I mean, I'm a USC guy. PAC 12 Twitter is insane at the moment um, with just a lot of different takes and, and different news things coming out from governors of different States and whatnot. Um, But you know, I mean, if you're, I think you have to start with the Pac-12. I don't think the Pac-12 can be the only conference, the only major conference that doesn't do it, because no one's gonna, no one's gonna take you seriously if you're the only team that plays, if you're the only conference, major conference that plays in the spring. So I think they're being pulled in a direction right now. Um, you know, I, I think the indication I've seen is they probably wouldn't start theirs if they did until like mid to late November. Um, which is odd which is which is odd but you know it's it's funny i I was telling people today the big tens plan kind of like came with an automatic eject button because like it was it looks really good on paper and then like you look down it's like oh if five percent of the team is positive you have to shut everything down for at least a week and they didn't build in any bye weeks into this eight games and nine whatever it is Um, and so, and I think it was if, if 7.5% of the campus population tests positive, which a lot of schools wouldn't meet that right now, especially in the big 10 where Michigan state is quarantined, Wisconsin's had its issues. Um, 
So they kind of have like, I think by starting in mid-October right now, they, they, they kind of have an eject button because they can kind of see how things work for the next month. Mm-hmm. And I think the Pac-12 just has more leeway. They automatically kind of get themselves out of the championship hunt. But let's be honest, they weren't in the championship hunt. Maybe uh, Oregon, but that's probably a long maybe, shot. And you know, stupid USC fan me in, a, in some reality thinks it could happen. But even I'm not that dumb. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, I, I think if if the Pac-12 does it, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do, because that's pressure can do a lot, as we've seen over. Well, the, the egos get involved, you know, like you said, at some point, and, and this is, you know, I've tried to bring on a lot of different voices onto my podcast, people that were against playing in the fall, people that were big proponents of it. And I've tried to just, you know, give people a, a wide variety of perspectives and let them come up with their own opinions. I've said a bunch of times I'm not smart enough to determine whether it's smart enough to play. If if the doctors at the universities think it's safe, then I support it. If the players want to play, then I support it. But, you know, we've just laid out for the last 20, 30 minutes all of the complications with what's going to make it, you know, weird. I just, I really wonder how much egos are going to get involved, even in the Mountain West, because, you know, let's face it, it Boise State, Wyoming, CSU, these are all football programs the last decade that have spent a lot of money on football and are trying to create the perception, you know, we are legitimate football programs that are capable of, you know, getting in the Big 12 or something like that. It's all a facilities race to try and stay alive. And I just wonder if some of these schools are going to say, we can't afford to look like we don't take it as seriously as the other programs. Otherwise, we might as well just drop down. Well, yeah. And and then, you know, if if say the Pac-12 goes and it's just the Mac in the Mountain West, right? That's a bad look. Like, we'll Not watch the, that, but nobody else in the country is Of care. course I'll watch it because it's my job and I get paid to <laughs> it. But if I was a normal Joe Schmo, I'd be like, eh, this kind of feels like the XFL. I just, in, you know, there's just... Fall is when football is supposed to happen. That's just... College football is supposed to happen in September, October, November. Um. And so, and the crazy thing too is, you know, even at these smaller programs that have gone forward with it, it's not like it's been a home run. Um, you know, Memphis has 42 cases on the team right now because like a bunch of kids went on a party bus or something, which is just absolutely incredible. But, uh, and, you know, a bunch of games have already been, re- I mean, we've had what, two college football weeks? And we've had dozen, at least a dozen games that have already been either postponed or canceled or whatever. And it's it's hard not to see more of that happening. And it's just, at what point does everybody just kind of say, eh, this isn't going to happen? And I, I, I don't know if, it, if anybody's going to do that, which it goes back to egos, because I think everybody wants to prove that they can. And you know, I think it would cause a legitimate riot in the SEC if if they canceled. Um, it's a great point. The, the public pressure thing is is going to be a massive factor because, well, even with I just you know brought up egos and, and the fan base of the Mountain West putting pressure, it's more just tweets and stuff. You know, the SEC if they don't play football, people are actually going to go out in the streets and they might you know protest, riot. It'll become an, an entire storm of things we couldn't even comprehend out here. No. And I mean, even today, like, you know, somebody um, in response to one of my tweets, like posted the university of Wyoming president's like phone number and stuff. And I was just like, 
one, I hope it's his office number because if that's his cell phone, that really sucks. Yeah, that'd be a dick move for sure. But, you know, and it's like, uh, gosh, it's, you know, there's a lot of things happening right now uh, in a lot of different spheres around the country. You know, like I mentioned, like my home state's on fire. Like they can't like go outside. Um, There's just a lot of, there's so many different things going on. And it it just kind of feels like people just kind of resort to bullying at a certain point. Um, and just sort of like attacking and, uh, you know, I, I understand like, you know, you are, if you are fully entitled to write the university of Wyoming president an email or leave him a message or whatever, like that's what he's there for. He might not listen, but you're allowed to go for it. But you know, it, it, it you know, if this would happen to the sec, I think it would be like bricks thrown at his windows and like, yeah, there's definitely a line, you know, if the ups, you can tweet all you want about how upset you are about it but let's let's be logical when it comes to how we handle this situation or at least as as logical as we can be with anything related to college athletics which you know don't tend to operate with logic no logic no logic at all this has been just the weirdest stretch of my entire i mean going back to the mountain west tournament even in in las vegas which now just seems crazy because in hindsight COVID had to have been rampant in vegas when everyone was out there the first and i was washing my hands a lot i remember being conscientious of it kind of but everyone's going to casinos i got i got yelled at uh, at a poker table for coffee did you yeah they were like you can't they were like you can't cough and like they made me sanitize my hands and i was like this is dumb (laughs) and then like a week later everything fell apart the whole world fell apart yeah I just, I can't, I can't even years from now, I'm going to try and talk about 2020 and it's just going to be, well, I I pretty much blacked out for most of it because it was just depressing and awkward and nobody knew it was going to happen. So they just fought, but no, it's, you know, it's like, I'm a big Lakers fan. Like it seemed like Kobe died 10 years ago. That was in January. Wow. That does feel, that feels (laughs) at least a couple years ago. Right. It's just, just so much is happening every day. And it's like, you know, the fire hose analogy where it's just like you're drinking water through a fire hose and it's just a a lot of stuff happening all at once. And today was just like the perfect manifestation of that. Back to the podcast in just a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app now because you don't want to miss out. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now, scout their latest offers. Between live betting, props, everything they have to offer, it's just so much fun. Plus, DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. 
Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Oh man, I just wonder when the Mountain West is going to come out outright and, and come out with the decision because you know whenever they do, it's going to create a crap storm either way because people are going to be pissed off either way. Whether they play or they don't play, it's going to be a big ordeal. And I guess that's yeah. just 2020 in a nutshell. Everything is everything's an ordeal. Yeah, and that was kind of the, you know, when I, I reached out to the Mountain West office first thing in the morning, they were like, yeah, let me see what we can do. And they sent out that release, which was kind of a word salad of nothing. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it didn't really, I, I guess I should pull that up real quick. A little, I think some of it got taken out of context online later. Um, I think there's a well, part of that. The, 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 the part end. where they talked about, you know, like looking for a, a chance to return to play as soon as possible was kind of an ambiguous phrase. Because then it sounds like, you know, we're we're also trying to find a way to return in October like these other conferences, which, as you've indicated, is not necessarily the case if they're not going to have access to testing. Yeah, and I think one of the points in there, I think it said like they were part of their return to play plan was finalizing testing strategies or something, right? And I just looked at the ESPN bottom line earlier and it said... Mountain West is finalizing a plan to get testing. And I was like, that's not what the press release said. Like the press release said that part of their strategy is going to be doing that, not that that's where they are. And so, and then it's just, this is how we get to where we are. It's just a lot of rumors and a lot of, a lot of people saying, why not us? Why not us? I wonder Legitimately, I wonder if they were even pursuing, you know, a, a testing deal for the fall, like some of the other conferences, or if they had, you know, been focusing on some other stuff, just given, you know, even, you know, a week ago, the stance from the conference was essentially, we're going to, we plan to try and play in the spring, and that's the plan, and we're going to keep with it. And then now, you know, like you said, they got this statement that just kind of, it seems like it's more to just to appease the people than necessarily actually indicate that things are going to change. Oh, 100%. I mean, when dumb people like me reach out at 7.45 in the morning, it's like, okay, well, we got to get something out because he's not going to be the only one who asks. Uh, and so, you know, it's like, it's amazing how like much you can not say with a lot of words. And that's kind of what I got. <laughs> I was just like, okay, like, wow, here's a bunch of sentences, <laughs> but I appreciate it. But <laughs> so it doesn't really help us. Uh, PR know. really is an art form. I, I will give them that. The the ability to make a, a one sentence statement into seven lines with words that I don't even know and and some type of little you got to throw some little like call to inspiration in there too and talk about perseverance and it's like actually what they said was we'll see. Yeah, and you know if that's what it is, so be it. And and you know I'll give the MAC credit today. Like their commissioner, like straight up was like. We're still doing the spring. Very like, firm. You know, you might not agree with it, but like at least they're as of right now, not wavering. I imagine that conversation might change as this continues to kind of go. Um, but I I just I see very little chance where a couple of group of five conferences 
play in the spring. That would just be kind of be hard to see. That's where I'm at too. And that's why it's, it's probably the, it's foolish of me to be honest. Maybe it's the, the optimism in me or wanting so desperately wanting to be able to cover college football that I'm well, they're gonna they're just gonna have to do it because all these other conferences are doing it and nobody's gonna want to watch them in the spring and they can't afford to from a perception wise. But also it it very well could just be a situation where uh, a bunch of shit happened and and life wasn't fair for these programs and we just, you know, got caught the the rough end of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in um I spoke with uh, ESPN's Ryan McGee a, a couple of weeks ago for a story because I was kind of picking his brain on could the spring football thing work. And, you know, he was at that point, obviously so much has changed in like three weeks or four weeks, whenever it was that I talked to him. Um, but, you know, he was like, he was, he didn't really see the season going particularly f- far, even if it did start. Right. So these teams that started in September, kind of hard to see him going to October. And so if you're the big 10, you've kind of put yourself in a pretty good spot though, because if it works out great, um, then you're right. Cause then you can still kind of put yourself in the championship hunt. Cause that's, that's what this was all about for them. It's Ohio state. Um, but yeah, it's essentially, everybody, you're, you're essentially doing this all for two teams to potentially have a chance at a title. hundred percent. And then it's, but if it all falls apart and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, it all gets shut down in the next few weeks. Cause it, I mean, we we've got it. It's not getting better on a lot of campuses and we've already had a bunch of rescheduled games. You know, at what point do you just, you know, cut the cord and if you're the big 10, you can look pretty good either way. Cause then you're like, okay, well we waited and it all fell apart in front of us. And so we didn't have to worry about it. We tried our best. And then if it does work, then you look like geniuses because you had more time to get ready. And so you know, if the Pac-12 and the Mountain West want to pursue it, uh, you know, and they want to kind of look for that mid-October or November thing, maybe it doesn't make sense from a, you know, we're competing for championships perspective, mm-hmm. but it might not be the worst idea to, you know, kind of have a plan and then kind of sit back and see how it works for everybody else, you know? I essentially wrote that, you know, word for word in terms of comparing the the Big Ten with the other leagues, you know, I was like, if if it if it works out and Ohio State makes the playoffs, then Ohio State's going to say, "Look, we had the best interest of our student athletes in mind. We paused. We got more information. We determined it was best to play. We made it work." And then I, you know, if it gets canceled from three three weeks from now, they get to say, "Well, this was you know kind of why we were cautious in the first place." You see, hundred percent. It's 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 the eject button. They they built it in, and I think that was really smart. It might might not be great for optics and there might be fans who are like 5% is too low. That's like five guys, which I mean, literally it's five people on the team. You know, if you've got a hundred man roster. Um, but you know, I think a lot of this is not only optics, but it's, it's covering your ass. And I, I think it, if nothing else, the big 10 is kind of built in a way if it's not working to get itself out. And I don't know if I'd say there's something to be like respected about that, but uh, they did their homework. They definitely did their homework. And I, and I do respect other conferences for doing their homework too. Definitely. And, and these are decisions that, you know, we, I, I want to clarify just at the end, you know, these are decisions that are obviously difficult for everybody involved. If just in the last 30 minutes, you and I went through, 
you know, a hundred different things, talked about so many different outlying factors. And we have absolutely none of the, the risk. We don't have to worry about any of the backlash. I get to sit here every day and talk about which conferences are smart, which ones look lame, which ones looks, you know, which ones are going to get through all this. And I just, I'm so glad I don't have to make all those types of decisions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about, I mean, God, I think the worst would be an athletic director right now because they got all the hatred and they didn't make the decisions. That's a good point. Yeah. It's the president's. Exactly. It's like if you're gonna gear your anger somewhere, gear it toward them. Like, don't take it off on the, like, don't take it out on the AD because, like, you didn't do anything. Like, I'm sure they probably wanted to play. Uh, I, I think you would probably find 90% of the athletic directors in the Mountain West were probably pretty okay with going forward with it and seeing where it went. Um, yeah, there's a lot of miss like place like my Twitter mentions. It's just like adding athletic directors, and I'm just like. You know, it's it's definitely not my job to like be the wielder of truth and like the defender of of mm-hmm. the innocent. But there's a part of me that's just like, it's not his fault. Well, and honestly, the same can be said about Craig Thompson, the commissioner. He's a guy who I've been extremely critical of since you know following. But I, I will give him props for he always comes out and, you know, he answers questions, you know, he he's pretty open with the media. He makes himself pretty available generally. It's kind of weird right now with COVID and stuff, but he, he doesn't have that much power. The, the school presidents are, are essentially are who going to determine all of this. And we'll, we'll have to see because in a, in a state like Cal, states like California, even Colorado, it's all going to come back to that public pressure and those presidents aren't going to want to ruin their perception for, for football when, you know, higher education has a lot more going on than just sports. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot of my feed right now is like California slander and like, you know, California ain't perfect. I get that. Um, But like they're going through stuff like everybody, like every other state is. And it's just, it's kind of it's not unfair to attack them because I mean they have rules and you might not agree with them and that's fine. Um, but you know I, I'm a firm believer that like in a situation like this, it's about coming together rather than attacking everybody who uh, you know doesn't isn't on the same same wavelength or isn't at the same place that you are. And uh, you know that's been kind of tough to see, but uh, you know. California will handle it and they'll, they'll figure whatever they'll figure it out. California will survive uh, (laughs) better or worse, depending on who you ask. But um, you know, I I think people kind of like attack. I I think people misguide their attacks, like I said earlier, and they attack a lot of people that don't have anything to do with, um, with the decisions. Cause uh, you know, there's a lot more than college football going on right now. And university presidents have to think about that. And governors have to think about that. And counties have, I mean, everybody, you know, it's uh, college athletics is just a, is a small slice of the pie in the grand scheme of things. And uh, I think we sometimes think it's the only thing, um, because it is so important to us. And, you know, I think it's really important. Of course, it's my, it's my livelihood, um, but there's just, you know, it, sometimes you just kind of uh, wish people could, you know, maybe put in perspective a little bit and realize there's a lot of things going on and places are, are really doing the best they can. And, you know, you might not agree with it. It might not be on your timeline, but 
you know, 2020 is unprecedented. And, and I think it's going to be better for us to work together than it is for us to attack each other. I think that's really well said. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I've said, I, I do support pursuing, you know, the possibility of playing this fall under the conditions that you can do it safely, feasibly, you know, there's a lot of caveats to that statement. But the the people that that don't support playing college football right now, widely, it's because they're look they want to look out for the best interests of their community. And you know, I know we all fear the virus, you know, at different degrees, and that's a whole thing that we don't even need to get into or the politics of it and all that crap. But at the end of the day, you know, people People want their communities to survive. Laramie, Fort Collins, very cool communities. People are passionate about prote- protecting them. Just remember that, you know, keep, keep that perspective out there. And uh, I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll ter- make it a little bit less tense here at the end, do a little lighthearted banter. Do you fear the Nuggets at all in this series as a Lakers fan? Oh, 100%. One, I- I- I've... I've been through this with the Lakers for a decade. Like it, it, I mean, I know like I'm complaining cause it's been 10 whole years since they won a title, but uh, yeah, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. And so, but you know, like uh, I, I, the nuggets, you know, they're like, we talked before they started, like the Clippers kind of had no heart. The nuggets are like all heart. Like they're never out of it. And that a, a team that's like not afraid is the scariest. Cause like they're a team that has nothing to lose at this point. Like pressure. Yeah, they're, the they're like the 13 seed that makes the final four and it's 100%. three number ones it's and everybody doesn't want to crumble to them now. hundred percent. They're, you know, they're Loyola Chicago from a few years ago. They're that team that like nobody thought would get there. Uh, even though they were a three seed, which is really weird because it feels like they were lower because everybody only talked about the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah, I guess it's probably more it's more like Gonzaga or somebody making yeah. a run, a mid-major with talent, especially in the, the Jokic comparison. Gonzaga always has some weird white European dude that leads them all the way, but they're just they're such a crazy team. I'll I I've given up on them probably 10 different times during this playoffs, and I've felt like an idiot every time I did it because they always come right back. But the, the, play, the bubble has been awesome. It, it makes me hope that they can come up with some type of, of way to salvage the college basketball season. Yeah, no, for sure. The bubble, I was really skeptical of how it was going to work. But, you know, it, uh, from a TV perspective, I sometimes like forget that they're not like at the Staples Center or. Yeah, you know, that the basketball has been pretty high quality for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there have been moments where it, it lulls, but. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like it's been good playoff basketball and we saw that with, you know, the Nuggets series, it's been really high quality and there is something kind of cool about it being neutral because then you take out the outlying factors and, you know, crazy fan bases and altitude and all that stuff that, uh, you know, when everybody's on the same playing field, I'd like to think you kind of like you figure out who the best team really is, right? It could be the truest champion. I mean, I know there are a lot of people that are going to say it's an asterisk because of all of the, you know, the, the weird scenarios, but I, I totally agree with you. You know, there's, there's the altitude's not a factor. The Staples Center is not a factor for Los Angeles where the Nuggets tend to not play very well. And it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't really fear the Lakers that much behind the, the front two guys, but 
those front two guys are just so dominant that it's like, damn, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean it like, um, I, I feel like every year everybody's like, is this, is LeBron over the hill? And then he goes and looks like the most athletic dude on the floor at 30, almost 36, uh, which is insane. We have the same birthday. I found out uh, <laughs> very special for both of us. <laughs> I'm sure he knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's LeBron's LeBron. He's going to do what he does. Uh, he's been playing way better defense in the bubble. Cause I think he realizes it matters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were moments when he just shut Harden and Dame down. Um, they had no chance. And Anthony Davis is going to do what he does defensively. His offense is a little, I think he relies too much on jump shots sometimes for a guy as big and athletic as he is, but you can't deny what he does in terms of rim protecting and all that kind of stuff. And so I think him and Jokic is going to be really, it's going to be really good. You know, the Lakers have great length inside, uh, but their guard play comes and goes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Danny green, either he's hitting every three or he won't make any. And it's the same with, you know, Rondo is really hit or miss. And, um, you know, Jamal Murray's a problem. Like he is, he is a, def- a definite problem. He's doing things that, you know, Steph type stuff, you know, statistically thing, things that have, have not even been done really since like Allen Iverson, when you're talking about the point production in a series, which is insane. Cause I, I I've always been very high on Jamal Murray, but Jamal Murray's looked like an actual like MB, NBA MVP candidate in these bubble. And, and if those two play to their full potential, the other guys hit shots. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't see a situation where either of these teams get blown out. I mean, I don't think Lakers fans are worried about Nuggets, you know, sweeping them or anything. Except for game one. We always lose game one. But yeah, that is weird. What, what is that about? It, well, like the, Le- <laughs> the LeBron conspiracy theorists always think that it's because he's feeling the other team out, which I think is crap. I just think they come out flat. And they need to have like a fire lit under their asses. And that first, I mean, that's off, kind of the nuggets. So it yeah, could no, be a, a battle of who wants it more early on. No, exactly. That's what kind of scares me too. Is like, they play their best with their back against the wall and the Lakers kind of do too. The Lakers. I mean, they've had their back against the wall, not nearly to the extent that the nuggets have, um, but they definitely play better when people are saying bad things about them or when they lose that first game and everybody's like, Oh, are the eight seed trailblazers going to take them out? And then they go and win four straight by like 15. Just dominate. Uh, yeah. The, the rest. Yeah. Of the so I, I think it's going to be a good series. I just hope they don't look ahead because you might have the Celtics at the other end. And that's like, that's, that's our dream, right? Like that's the Lakers. That's all we want is to play the Celtics, even though he won that wild, bizarre first game. Um, you just hope they don't look ahead because um, the Nuggets are a problem. I think they've proven that over the last. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling hard for that Denver-Miami series, but as that's just as a, a – Miami's not even a small market team. It's not like it would be, you know, Denver, Orlando or something, but just anything but Boston and L.A. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's, it's crazy because the last finals Lakers were in was Boston – uh la and i went to game two i think it was i was home for like summer break 
And it was, I'm not even kidding. It was the one home game they lost all postseason. Oh, I was so brutal. I, was I went serrated. to the only Nuggets game they lost to the Blazers in that series at home. And I was, of course, they just, it wasn't even competitive either. They got blown out. Ray Allen made eight threes. And I was, oh, I was so mad. <laughs> it was a fun series, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, that game seven was a little sloppy, but it was fun. I probably wouldn't be saying that if the Lakers had lost, but totally, you know, uh, history kind of revises itself when you're on the good end of things. I, uh, I'll let you get going here, but I will say as a Nuggets fan, I, I do got to give props to that Lakers team because I actually think that might be Kobe's most impressive title of all the ones that he won. Powell was a superstar. I mean, he, he was often underrated for, for what he brought to that team, especially nationally. I think they probably ap- appreciated him more on a local level, just getting to see him play every day. But Powell, you know, he was a lot like Jokic in a sense of he was so versatile with what he could do and spreading the floor and passing and just being unselfish. Man, now I'm getting sad because I'm thinking about him and Kobe. No, I, I literally, I told my sister yesterday, like, Jokic is Gasol with less definition. <laughs> They're so similar, though, in what they can do as passers and, and, making plays for everybody else and uh they're just they're, you know they're fun to watch Gasol was great obviously you know great memories of him with Kobe um but yeah you know it, it, it I think this would be a fit you know Boston and LA like in the finals the year Kobe died in 2020 would be like super it would be like the only thing that made sense there, there definitely would be some Po- I don't even know how to say well, it there. It would be like a poetic for, ending. We, we root for storylines, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but there's also the you know, storyline in the team that came back from 3-1 twice, small that's, market. That's true. That's true. That is true. No, they're good, man. And their they're jerseys look fresh. I really like their jerseys. We definitely do. It's, it's, the Lakers have strong uniform game in general, too, though. It's going to be a, a series of strong uniforms, strong colors. That's another thing I want to, I'm going to take one last shot at the Clippers then we'll move on. Even their uniforms are corporate and soulless. Everything about that franchise is lame. I'm so glad they lost. <laughs> the Clippers jerseys look like a no fear t-shirt. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they just, I was, I, I remember like, I, I guess I never really looked that closely at them. Cause I think these are new ones for this year. Um, I think yeah, they they have and I was just like, I, I looked at them like really closely yesterday. And I was like, what's the point like what this is there's no character here like there's no tradition nothing and that's anyone that's a clippers fan i just i bet unless you actually rooted for some of those clippers teams like 15 years ago or 50 years ago whatever all 10 of them all 10 clippers fans before the Kawhi came they just deserve to lose i always I always tell people that there's no such things as Clippers fans. They're just Lakers fans that couldn't afford tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, Catsman, thanks for coming on and, and you know, thanks for going back and forth. I, I think I actually, my, my opinion might have even shifted slightly after having this conversation with you. It'll be interesting to see you know, how this all plays out. Like I said, I'm, I'm not smart enough to make these decisions. I know I love college football and I know the process is complicated. That's where we're, that's about where we're at. I wake up every day thinking, what's it going to look like? And uh, you know what? It keeps you on your toes, if nothing else. So there's that. If nothing else, man, this year is going to make us better content producers because it's just, 
You're getting every type of breaking news, no news, shocking news, controversial news. It's it's all over the place. Without question. There will be no lack of uh there's no excuse for not creating stories right now, that's for sure. Definitely so. All right, man. We'll take care, you know, try and try and stay sane up there in Laramie with everything going on. It's gonna be an interesting couple of months for all of us, but now at least uh, we get to deal with snow, so that'll be fun. Yeah, we had, you know, I think you guys probably got the same snowstorm we did a couple weeks ago. I couldn't, I was so mad. I just bought patio furniture and I, I was so pissed. <laughs> I just went out there that morning and I was just like, really? <laughs> Come on. Typical front range crap. The, the best part is when it's 80 one day, 20 the next, and then you get a little fluctuation of both in between. It's I, it's not, then it's not cold enough to do winter stuff, but it's too hot. It's not hot enough to actually like hang out outside. And it's definitely better than the 117 it was in California a couple weeks ago, though. So I'll, I'm definitely thankful for that. Fair. Definitely. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'll Every take day. the snow over 117 any day. Me too, man. Me too. Well, take care, man. We'll have you back on soon. And, and thank you as always for coming on. Make sure that you guys follow him on Twitter at Michael L. Katz, I believe. Michael L. Katz, get on there. Does great work, covers the Cowboys, talks about the Mountain West. He is a USC fan. Yikes, I know. It happens. Cali guys, what are you going to do?